Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 413. It's the last day of June already. I feel like the world is passing me by. <laughs> it was 100, 100 degrees on this day in 1931 and 47 degrees in 1892. In both 1931 and 1892, Aquaside had not yet been invented to keep your beach free of weeds, but they are now. From the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. It's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor. Joe Stacy, the GL geologist, Uh-oh. weighs in. A new Hawaiian island is forming. The Lohihi Seamount is taking shape beneath the Pacific Ocean. Although it's exciting to watch an island form, it's still too early to make travel res- reservations. It won't peak from the ocean surface for another 10,000 to 100,000 years years but that's our own geologist weighing in what are we uh, is it climate change what are we blaming no the earth uh, the earth just continues to reshape itself speaking of climate change i have three assignments today yes i know school's out for the summer all throughout garage logic in gumption county where schools will reopen in the fall by the way in gumption county good much to the uh, much to the relief of a lot of parents in gumption county Three homework assignments today for GLers. Yes, I, I know that these are the kinds of days when you don't want to be tethered to your learning devices. But three homework assignments. Let's start with this one. Number one. In Minneapolis, the public can now submit comments on the Charter Amendment to dismantle the P- Minneapolis Police Department. You have only yourselves to blame if you don't inundate these adult children with facts and reality and truth. We only have yourselves to blame if you don't do it. There's a number of ways you can do it. On the Fox 9 uh, TV website, mm-hmm. they'll guide you through it. And on the CARE 11 uh, TV website, they'll guide you through it. For uh, Maybe 4 and 5 do the same. If not, all you have to do is go to uh, City of Minneapolis, uh, scroll through the various toolboxes, and you'll find out how to do it. Better yet, uh, better yet. I'll provide that link to the Garage Logic Facebook page. How's that sound? Well, what what Channel Nine reported is residents can submit comments online, and then they highlighted the words "submit comments online" so that when you click on that, you're you. taken right to the uh, mechanism that will allow you to register your comment. Joe, how does that process work? Uh, why don't you walk the listener through that? How do you, how do you submit that through the uh, the website? Can you walk us through the te- no, the technical can't. aspect of it? Okay. What? Did we lose him? <laughs> no, I... <laughs> I think he just fainted. Uh, well, I, I, I did it. I did it. I can do it. Really? Yeah. You All just right. click on submit comments online, and then you find the area where that's uh, being accepted, and you write your comment and hit send. Okay. Bing, bang, can bang. I Can I uh, submit something regarding this? Use um, don't swear. Yeah. No. Don't be outrageous. Because they're going to discount your comments right away if exactly. you start dropping F-bombs and yep. being accusatory. 
Use your head, be calm, be concise, and explain things to them. Don't swear. And you GLers who uh, already are in Garage Logic, but you may have friends in Minneapolis who are not, you, you should really take it upon yourself to alert them of this opportunity. That city council and that charter commission has to be inundated with facts. The other thing that occurs to me, and uh, playing a little off what uh, Joe Anthony told us yesterday, the extraordinary lack of real-life experience that any of the 13 council members and the mayor have, uh, what what they also are unable to deal with is facts. In, in the salon, they don't deal in facts. In the salon, they deal in emotion and virtue. They don't deal in facts. The facts are, without police, in the chop zone in Seattle, there's now been two deaths. Gunfire. Let me just clear that one up right away. So these are the kind of facts that need to be established in order to responsibly tell these adult children, which and they don't know what they're doing. And Kenny's right. You're going to almost have to be like you're talking to a sixth grader. You're going to have to lay down facts of why police are necessary. Have you... Um have you Use read the church he- language. Have you read the heading and the body of this public safety charter amendment on the Minneapolis website, by the way? Well, isn't it the same one I've been quoting from newspapers? Uh, Go ahead and read it. It just says, because there's a separate link, the one that Fox 9 took me to is just the regular page. All right. The city council has proposed an amendment to the city charter to be re- referred to voters in November. That amendment would create a new community safety and violence prevention department. Yeah, we talked about this yesterday. I'm just saying that that's, that's ex- the exact verbiage on their site. Right, right. Wowzers. Right. Okay, anyway, I'm, well, I'm providing that link to the GL Facebook page. Okay, where police have been forbidden to enter, uh, uh, chaos and death has occurred. You, you could point that out to them. Let's go to Seattle. Uh, and I'm, this is your first homework assignment of the day, by the way, is to comment is to inundate that Charter Commission with your sound, reasonable GL thinking that this cannot stand. We cannot continue to be governed by 13 people who don't believe in having a police department. On the heels of a shooting death of a a black 16-year-old male at Seattle's infamous autonomous zone, the Capitol Hill organized protest, radical leftist councilwoman, Kashama Sawant, we've talked about her on the show before. She's a committed uh, socialist. She's refusing to blame CHOP for the latest killing there. Oh. She finds the fault is capitalism. (laughs) (laughs) While we await details of this tragic while we await details of this tragic killing, it highlights capitalism's brutality and endemic violence, Sawant tweeted. Our movement rejects insinuations and falsehoods perpetuated by corporate and conservative media that this violence is outcome of CHOP or our movement. That statement was a follow-up to her tweet saying, Deepest condolences from the Socialist Alternative and my council office to the family and friends and fellow activists of the community member who was tragically killed in the drive-by shooting at the Capitol Hill organized protest. Sawant has aligned herself with the leftist protesters inside CHOP from the start of their occupation in downtown Seattle. In fact, she and her staff let hundreds of George Floyd protesters inside City Hall one night earlier this month, after which she appeared to call out her fellow council members' sellouts while protesters called for Democratic Mayor Jenny Durkin to resign. 
The socialist councilwoman who told an adoring crowd during a Bernie Sanders campaign rally earlier this year that we need a powerful socialist movement to end all capitalist oppression and exploitation showed up Sunday with protesters outside Durkin's home following the mayor's insistence that CHOP's time was over. Durkin is none too pleased with Sawant, calling her participation in the protest yet another one of her political stunts. Police responded to CHOP around 3 a.m. Monday and found a Jeep Cherokee riddled with bullets, Police Chief Carmen Best told KING-TV. Police told the station a 16-year-old unidentified male was shot and later died after being taken to a hospital and that a 14-year-old male was in critical condition after being shot. Both victims are black, according to NBC News. Detectors, detectives interviewed protesters who said they were in CHOP at the time of the shooting, but Best said people aren't cooperating adding that this is at least the fourth shooting in or near CHOP in nine days. Seattle officials said barriers around CHOP would be dismantled Sunday, but the autonomous zone was still standing Monday morning, KING-TV said. Enough is enough, Best said in reaction to the multiple killings, adding the two African-American men dead at a place where they claim to be working for Black Lives Matter. But they're gone, they're dead, and we've had multiple other incidents, assaults, rape, robbery, shootings. So this is something that's going to need to change. And you have Seattle, once a promising city, uh, being led by the likes of this uh, socialist Marxist who wants to destroy capitalism and is blaming capitalism, which has rescued more people from poverty than any other system in the world. She wants to blame uh, capitalism for uh, two young black kids getting shot in, in her protest zone. It's capitalism's fault. I, I can't take how, this much more. But how do, you, how do you deal with that kind of logic? You, you, Is there anybody in Seattle dealing with her? Is there anyone pushing back against this fool? And you can't... You, see, she'll, she'll ignore facts. Lady, the fact is... That in your autonomous zone, where pre- police have been so preciously kept out, you are going to have violence with no control. That's the fact. Two dead. It had nothing to do with a bank or an investment firm or a drug manufacturer or an automobile manufacturer. It had to do with violent people shooting other people and no cops around to stop it. That's the fact. So your first assignment today, there's three, three homework assignments. The first homework assignment for GLers, I don't even think you need to, mini, to live in Minneapolis to comment. No, because it affects everyone that lives right. within, you know, the metro area, I would think. Is to uh, <clears throat> discover for yourself how to submit a comment on the Charter Amendment to dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. And I got an email from uh, someone who's reminded, I used to call education the Department of Children Learning and Happy Thoughts. And he thought of that when he hears the Department of Community Safety and Violence Profession. Good luck and keep pushing back. Uh, This is from Mike Norgren. Reminded me of years ago when you spoke of the Department of Children Learning and Happy Thoughts. Yeah. In fact, uh, Kenny, I have an answer for you. Uh, Was it a couple of weeks ago? We read, or Joe, you read a story about um, truck driving unions would not deliver to cities if they dismantled their police departments. Right. And uh, my brother, who is not a union driver, said that discussions have been had with other places of saying, if they don't have cops, we ain't going in there. Not a chance. Right. And we did get answers from uh, some of our regular truck drivers right. uh, uh, um, saying 
pretty much that. Well, and, that and that's just it. That, that's another layer of people that this is going to affect. Truck drivers are one of the reasons we're still functioning as a society. You, right. can, go, you can go buy mm-hmm. food and gasoline, and it's all because of truckers. Yep. Well, these are the... These are the kind of facts that the adult children are not dealing with. But the the woman that said that we're blaming capitalism, mm-hmm. she's just pandering because she knows that that's not the truth. The people that we should be shocked are the ones that actually buy that crap. Well, she buys it. You think so? I've read about her. We, she's come up on the show before. She's a dangerous, dangerous fool. Dangerous fool. And under the likes of her so-called leadership, that city is going under just like Minneapolis. And I don't think Bill Gates, a resident with all his money in the world, can do anything about it. Because there's a part, I don't know why I'm singling out Gates, but he's so uh, unimaginably wealthy that if he felt like it, he could probably fund the candidacies of garage logicians and Republicans. But I think oh. there's a great deal of leftism in Gates' oh, thinking. You think? I mean, yeah, he's yeah. he's done the. I'm not ripping Gates. I don't know a lot about him, but he's 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 been terribly silent on this. Terribly silent on what's taking place in his city. You would think a guy of that stature would have something to say. He's terribly vocal about coronavirus and climate terribly change. Vocal. Yeah, and he taught, well, that's your second homework assignment. I'm getting to that. Uh, He's in constant contact with Dr. Uh, Fauci. Gates and Fauci talk weekly, but I have not yet heard a peep. Of course, he's got a he's got a a state protected by Navy SEALs. (laughs) Didn't I read that one time? Does he really? No, no, no. I think he hired Navy SEALs to see if they could crack his security. Huh. And That's how you know you got a lot of dough. You got some dough when you can say, "Say, send over your best, will you? See if they can get in my place. Right. Uh, my wheels are spinning uh, when it comes to car ownership. I've got to make a decision. I'm putting two cars on a website called bringatrailer.com. Uh, that has to take place within a week. I can't let much more summer run out. And then I'm going to get out to Schmel's Countryside, Volkswagen, Alfa Romeo, and Fiat. In Maplewood, the southeast quadrant of uh, Highway 61 and 36, because I'm, I need what we call the daily driver. I need a, I need a real car because I'm going to sell two that are no good for uh, winter and uh, one that I don't want to drive as a daily, one that I'm keeping, I don't want to drive as a daily driver. So I got to get out to Schmel's Countryside, check out the Volkswagens, the Alfa Romeos, and the Fiats. All 2019 and 2020 Volkswagens right now are available for zero interest for 72 months and a 120-day payment deferral. That includes the Atlas Crossport, which I'll be checking out. 0% interest for up to 60 months on certified pre-owned vehicles. So what you do is you go to the websites, three great websites, check the inventory, uh, do your homework, pick out the car you're most interested in, give the uh, people at Countryside a call. You'll have your own personal sales experience. Go to SchmelzVW.com. SchmelzAlfaRomeo.com and SchmelzFiat.com. Then call the gang at uh, Countryside, 651-243-4316. Set up your appointment and uh, happy driving and happy great mileage and happy, happy deals on all those 2019 and 2020 Volkswagens. Your second homework assignment will be coming up shortly. We rolling now. 
Yes, I am. Okay. <laughs> That's your new thing, isn't You'll it? You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Cheap entertainment. Joe Suchere. Speaking of rolling, what a great segue. Uh, the, two, the 2020 Patriot ride is rolling back for at least one more ride. Uh, it's going to look a little different this year. Instead of just canceling the ride due to COVID, Rider Demand says it is coming back. Nice. But it's a brand new idea. This year we're going to build our own teams. We're going to pick our own routes, and then we're going to ride. And this could be the most epic ride ever. I want you to click on PatriotRide.org for all the information. Since 2006, the Patriot Ride, it's always been about thanking the veterans, recognizing our servicemen and women, and honoring the fallen soldiers. This is why the event has meant so much to so many throughout the years. Countless people have helped bring uh, our community together and to show their true patriotism. And the GL Podcast, we want to thank all the organizers, volunteers, riders, supporters, and every person that has supported this event year after year. Now it's our turn. We're going to show the organizers what we've learned by running our own teams and route. The dollars raised by the Patriot Ride, it benefits the Minnesota Patriot Guard, Minnesotans Military Appreciation Fund, and the Minnesota Chapter of Tribute to the Troops. Head to PatriotRide.org for all the details and to register yourself, your team, or even to just donate. That's PatriotRide.org. Uh, GLers, you have your homework assignment number one. Now here is your homework assignment number two. Uh, let me read this email from Mike. Uh, this is a hard story to read and listen to, but it is very well reported. What happened in Minneapolis will be something that does get studied. It shows an amazing series. He's talking about the destruction of the third precinct. It shows an amazing series of bad decisions by people who either could not accept the reality of the challenge to maintain order the idea that letting the building go would de-escalate things, or chose to ignore facts to support their vision of a new police model. Members of the city council asked the mayor to sacrifice the building and now want to defund the police after seeing what happens to their city when there was not enough police in place. If Minneapolis did not have enough police, there are mutual aid agreements to bring more in. Governor Carlson sent the state patrol into Minneapolis to patrol streets when there were rising murder rates, despite the fact that Mayor Sher share in sales Belton did not want that to happen. Why did Governor Walls not step in and take a similar action, bring in state patrol or others to maintain safety? Either way, looking forward to hearing you discuss this. Well, again, it's a homework assignment because the story is much too long to read. But the headline is, The Precinct is on Fire. What happened at Minneapolis's third precinct and what it means? Uh, it's the play story on today's MPR website. And it's written by Angela Caputo, Will Craft, and Curtis Gilbert. And there is an overwhelming tone of extreme sensitivity to the protests in the reporting of these three. Nevertheless, it's well done. They did a hell of a job. They, they really, really did their homework. They listened to police tapes. They interviewed everybody they could. And you're, it's a very long story, which is why it's a homework assignment. You all should read it. It's a story that comes from APM Reports, the documentary and investigative unit of American public media. NPR News and APM Reports are both part of American public media group. And it, what, you, what you are left knowing not having to speculate about what you are left knowing after you read this piece is that that third precinct was destroyed as a result of chaos 
in the between the mayor and the city council. They did not know what to do. When faced with reality, they did not know what to do. We'll go back yesterday to Joe Anthony. They didn't know what to do because they have no real-life experience in anything except telling others how to behave. They didn't know what to do. It's unprecedented in the history of American policing that a police precinct was allowed to be destroyed. And that's what's going to be studied uh, as, as the years go by. It's going to be studied why that happened, how it happened, and what can be done to never ma- make sure it never happened again. Uh, the officers still in the third precinct never even got an official word that it was to be let go. They only received news to get their asses out of there by word of mouth from other cops literally yelling at them, we got to get out, we got to get out, we got to get out now. And that's, that's what happened. There was, there was so, it was so chaotic. There was no chain of command. I don't know where Arredondo fits into this. Uh, the story will explain that. There was no chain of command. So these cops pretty much in the building were left there to, to dry. They were left out there to hang. It was only by word of mouth that they got out of there once the back of the building was caved in and it started on fire. They had to flee for their lives. And it's a homework assignment. I, I, I think GLers uh, need to read this. It's, it's great reporting by these three. As I say, they're extremely, you, you can tell that their, their, their ideology would favor the protesters. I'm not saying they favored looters or, or whatnot, but they're, they're very sympathetic to the idea that these are aggrieved people who had every right in the world to be protesting, and of course that's true. But they do, uh, they do a hell of a job in breaking down the lack of leadership we have. Uh, no matter how, how much they try to couch that, that's what comes across. That's what comes across, and it's a very long piece. I can't... I can't uh, uh, urge you enough uh, to read it, and uh, you will you will have corroborated for you pretty much everything we've been saying about these people, how incompetent they are, it, and uh, it just uh, it's it's amazing, it's amazing that the cops got out and saved their own lives because <laughs> there was no there was no phone call to them, there was no nothing, and uh, and so they they were on their own, they were left on their own. Um, I've also, in addition to put, putting this on the uh, GL Facebook page, I just sent out a tweet. So if you guys want to retweet that about this, where people can easily access it and voice their opinion, this is this is outrageous. Mm-hmm. It's a really good piece. I'm halfway through it. It's yeah. uh, very good piece. Very very, very good reporting. Yep. And I'm I'm grateful that to these three that they did, and I'm grateful to NPR for publishing it. It goes against their agenda. Yeah, I can hear GLers uh, muttering right now the usual stuff about public radio uh, uh, and public uh, media. Just just read it, please read it. Well, there's a dangerous irony there. That's a, a sidebar thought of mine. Uh, hell, NPR probably has a better newsroom than the St. Paul Pioneer Press <laughs> in terms of manpower and equipment. And which what I find dangerous about that is it's public. It's funded by the government. It's funded by the taxpayer, uh, which makes this all the more uh, uh, makes me all the more grateful that they did this, that they did this story. It's an important story. Uh, neither of the local papers have done it in, in the in the case of the St. Paul paper. It's quite literally a manpower shortage in the case of the Minneapolis paper. I, I can't speak for them. I don't know why they have done it why they have not done it but this takes you this is gives you every nut and bolt of what happened and what happened was nobody knew how to put nuts and bolts together 
It's a sad, sad story. So homework assignment number one today, uh, comment about the disbanding of the police department to the Minneapolis uh, Charter Commission. And create oh, a new community safety and violence prevention department. Department of uh, <laughs> Children just, Learning and Happy Thoughts. Oh, my God. And homework assignment number two is uh, do yourself a favor. And if you haven't been believing me, especially you euphorians who are, you always listen, but you're afraid to say that because your neighbors would disapprove of you. Uh, read this. Everyone should read this. Mysterians, euphoria, well, Mysterians won't be swayed by it. But Liberal Lakes will, and Euphoria will. Diversity won't be. But it's an important story. We have no leadership, people. We have no leadership. And in the case of Minneapolis, we now have a better understanding of why that's the case. A so-called weak mayor system in which the mayor is a cheerleader without portfolio as Joe Anthony wrote. And the real people who have the power are the 13 city council members, all of whom are dunces when it comes to the real life. <laughs> when it comes to real life. You're, you're not going to find them hanging around a Fratelloni's Ace Hardware store. You don't think so? I don't think so. I don't think so. Wow. So that's homework assignment number two. It's the play story on the MPR website today. I encourage you to read it just as I encourage you to uh, comment to the... Uh, Minneapolis authorities about your views on dismantling the police department. When we return, may we uh, may we have our own guitar playing newsman, John Height? Sure. University of Garage Logic, ninety-eight College of Self Esteem, zip, nada, nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. Thank you to all of you GLers that are supporting the Chill Boys. A lot of Father's Day gifts went out. I'm hearing from a lot of people: Dean, Dave, Tim, Kelly, Kevin, Gary. All within the last week have made their purchase at ChillBoys.com. And Dean even bought a cool. Uh, t-shirt off their website you guys are you're familiar with how the the campaign 2020 shirts go this one sure. is clark griswold 2020 all right <laughs> i think i might buy that one yeah. actually uh the most comfortable underwear you will ever own there is no question in my mind you will be happy they're a local minnesota company make your order today chillboys.com as i mentioned t-shirts uh the fantastic underwear and also sunglasses it's it's uh you know it's it's being outside and drinking kind of weather. You know what I'm saying, Joe? Yeah. Uh, July is that kind of month. And so I think people are going to need to stock up. Chillboys.com, at Chillboys Brand on Twitter. Please, after you make your purchase, let them know that you heard about it on the Garage Logic Podcast. Here is John Height. Thank you, Joe. Saint. Uh, oh, by the way, this update brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Store. By the way, Saint, uh, yeah. speaking of Fratelloni's. Mm -hmm. I, we're going to have a little promotion coming up with Frats, and it involves the brand spanking new Weber Series Smoker. I'm just going to leave um, it at that. That's coming no. up here within the next All week right. or so. Here's Sean Height. Yeah. St. Paul Mayor Melvin <laughs> Carter, among the 11 mayors who have joined a coalition that will explore Joe. providing a guaranteed income for residents. The coalition with... What's this now? Monday. Start over, John. What? Start yes. over. What? Because the knuckleheads were talking there what start Saint over Paul mayor st paul mayor melvin carter <sighs> among 11 mayors who have joined a coalition that will explore providing a guaranteed income for residents jesus h christ i'm praying <laughs> praying does yeah, praying. go along with that income 
No, it doesn't, Kenny. As a matter of fact, the coalition which launched oh. Monday is called Mayors for a Guaranteed Income. Oh. It believes what? Oh. It believes that by, by providing direct recurring cash payments to people, it will help build a resilient community and help address racial and gender equity issues. No, I, won't. I got you. No, I won't. got you. I got you. Hold tight, Johnny. Oh, gosh. You know what this is? It's a higher Uh, level. It's a higher level in another laying on of you're you're less than game. We think so little of you that you can't even find a job. So we're going to pay you. This is this is obscene. It's an obscene attack on American liberty, on American exceptionalism, which is fading fast. This is obscene. Wow. On the uh, website that the mayors have started, they said, quote, this is our New Deal moment. Everyone deserves an income floor through a guaranteed income. Yeah, it's called working. <sighs> in an opinion piece published by Time, the mayor said the coalition will invest in additional guaranteed income pilots and advocate uh, and be an advocate for state and federal cash-based policies. It's unclear what programs would look like or when they would start. Uh, as of Monday, the coalition featured a black majority with officials from 11 cities. Those cities are St. Paul, Stockton, California, Newark, New Jersey, Columbia, South Carolina, Atlanta, Georgia, Compton, California, Los Angeles, Jackson, Mississippi, Shreveport, Louisiana, Oakland, California, and Tacoma, Washington. Star Tribune reporting the city of Minneapolis has now paid two private security firms 63 grand over the last three weeks to protect those three city council members amid tensions over George Floyd's death. Uh, the city hasn't named the council members, but the Star Tribune say they've confirmed they are Council Vice President Andrea Jenkins and Council Members Alondro Cano and uh, Philip Cunningham. Uh, the uh, city has spent 63 for the security service, just contracts for less than $175,000, according to Sarah McKenzie, a city spokeswoman, uh, typically do not need public approval from council. They do not expect those expenses will surpass the $175,000 threshold. Cities yeah, uh, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, 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 Yes, whoa, yes, whoa. hello. Hey. hello? Yes. First of hello? all, get a growing kick for Carter for oh, joining that man. coalition. Right. Find a growing kick for Carter for joining a coalition to just guarantee people an income. That's anti-American uh, because someone has to pay for it, and it's just mm-hmm. not its not right. But you you were uh, talking, John, about the we, – we also talked about it yesterday uh, – the uh, private security forces. Uh, yes. Jay, Jay writes, as the unforgettable Jim Bouton wonders in the unforgettable ball four, maybe two, the great cross of man is to repeat the mistakes of all men. We have all the evidence that anyone can ever need with the example of Rome leading the way that there is no better red flare of massive dysfunction in the Republic than when a government outsources defense and security to privatized armed people. If private bodyguards for civil servants in Minneapolis doesn't scare the absolute hell out of everyone, including the people guarded, then a whole lot of people need to pick up a book. I've never worked in or for any part of the political process, but if Joe Anthony decides to throw his hat in the ring, 
he has his first volunteer. Like him, I think Minneapolis is a wonderful city, and I'm dismayed at its current direction. So hearing his rational, calm approach to solving problems here was a breath of fresh air. Jay, yeah, it should scare the hell out of you when a government outsources its own public safety. Oh, I'm ready whenever you are, sir. Uh, groin kick, uh, Carter, for this coalition. That deserves this. Oh, yeah. Yikes. Thank you. The cities of Edina and Rochester, as well as the University of Minnesota, will soon be requiring people to wear face masks to help stop the spread of COVID-19. On Monday night, Rochester City Council approved a move by the mayor to require face masks in city buildings. In Edina, the city council decided during a special meeting to move forward with the policy requiring face masks in all city facilities and indoor public places where it's tough to social distance. At the U of M, starting Wednesday, all faculty, students, and visitors will be required to wear face masks inside campus buildings. Minneapolis and St. Paul City officials have already issued mask requirements for indoor and some outdoor spaces. So I just found, <laughs> I found the story you read, John, about the mayors for guaranteed income. Yes. And I, yeah. I don't remember you reading the very first sentence of this. Economic insecurity isn't new, and poverty itself is violent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. 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 Sometimes I have to edit, Chris. Wow. <laughs> generation after generation after generation of Americans have experienced poverty without being violent. What's coming up on the ride? <laughs> Gosh, if I'd have known it was going to cause this, you know, I Holy maybe would have skipped that story. Didn't, didn't mean to bring you down. New research from Goldman Sachs, speaking of masks, suggests a national mask mandate would prevent a 5% GDP loss resulting from more lockdown measures. The researchers from Goldman Sachs say the mandate would meaningfully increase mask usage across the country and cut the daily rise in new coronavirus cases between 0.6% and 1%. They say using face coverings to slow the spread of the virus could be a substitute for strict stay-at-home measures that could cost $1 trillion to the U.S. GP. Isn't Arizona busy locking down again? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 So is Florida. And didn't, didn't we... Didn't I bring them up a few weeks ago, and it was roundly shouted down? I don't recall. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Kenny, you were did right. Did I shout you down? I, I apologize, Kenny. No, no, if it I wasn't did. you guys. It was <laughs> GLers. Oh. oh. Uh, former Gopher coach Jerry Kill had coronavirus. Oh, boy. Wow. overcame his battle with coronavirus. And he's uh, got Kill's underlying f- health complications. Yes, yeah. most definitely. Uh, Kill is 58, now works as a special assistant to TCU coach Gary Patterson. Uh, he, of course, had previously overcome kidney cancer while coaching at Southern Illinois, and he has epilepsy. Uh, we've known that now for about seven or eight years. Uh, since leaving Minnesota, he's worked at Kansas State, Rutgers, Southern Illinois, Virginia Tech, and now TCU. Our reports say that uh, Kill fought the coronavirus and is doing just fine. Top officials in the White House were aware now, they're saying, in early 2019 of classified intelligence indicating Russia was secretly offering bounties to the Taliban for the death of Americans a full year earlier than has been previously reported. That assessment was included in at least one of President Trump's written daily intelligence briefings at the time, according to officials. Then National Security Advisor John Bolton also told colleagues he briefed Trump on the intelligence assessment in March of 2019. 
White House not responding to questions about Trump or other officials' awareness of Russia's provocations. The White House has said the president was not and still has not been briefed on the intelligence assessments because they've not been fully verified. The revelations cast some doubt on the White House efforts to distance Trump from the intelligence assessments. Associated Press reporting Sunday concerns about Russian bounties were also included in a second written presidential daily briefing earlier this year. Uh, I know we're, we're done with the story, but I, I just I can't, I can't stop reading this. So basically, isn't the this, mayors? Yeah. Isn't this basically what Bernie wanted to do? Mm hmm. Huh. So it's here whether is, we wanted to vote this for him is, or not. Receiving unemployment without ever working. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You just uh, send a check your way once a month. But who's going to pay for that, John? Oh, well, yeah, that you would are. be us, Joe. Yeah, Everybody, be us. You yeah. know. Well, you're the only one you that know. lives in St. Paul. <laughs> God, I just can't get her to C Street. I really can't. But think about that. You're now going to incentivize people even more so to not get off their rear end. Right. Well, right. What? Wow. This is yeah. coming to you from a coalition of mayors. Five will get you 10. They're all of the same Mysterian bent, and five will get you 10 that none of them have any experience meeting payrolls, creating jobs, hiring people, firing people, building something, achieving something, manufacturing something. No experience in accounting, no experience in finance, no experience in law, no experience in management of any type. And we, the, the American public has surrendered its cities to this crowd. And, yep. and I, it, the only way to push back is for uh, candidates to run and win. And we, I mean, we've already seen that where, you know, restaurants especially were trying to reopen, but they couldn't find staff that wanted to come back to work. They Minneapolis, were making- Minneapolis's uh, new higher minimum wage goes into effect tomorrow, despite businesses asking them to hold off until they get their feet back on the ground, and they won't. Mm-hmm. I forgot about The mayor's, that. Uh, if you read the full mayor's statement, I did go and read it on their website, they try to set it up as uh, people are working two and three jobs and can't make it, so they need extra money to make it. Which well, I'm working two jobs, so do I qualify? Yeah, I'm, uh, I guess you would, yeah. Well, I, wouldn't everybody qualify? Well, maybe uh, they know. should focus work. on those people working two and three jobs that can't make it. You know, let's look at those jobs, let's look at the income, and then maybe throw those people a bone, if anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mayor Carter, I believe this is this is a quote, and I believe it was his. COVID nineteen has only further exposed the economic fragility of most American households and has disproportionately impacted Black and Brown people. That is his who, who are Brown people? I don't know. Is that Hispanic? Is that is that what they mean by Brown? I, I don't Mexican, know. Hispanic people. I have no idea. I don't know. The St. Louis lawyers who pulled weapons on protesters marching past their home are being investigated for possible criminal charges, according to St. Louis's lead prosecutor. Mark and Patricia McCloskey, who went viral after brandishing an AR-15-style rifle and a silver-colored handgun, were the only ones to lodge a police report over Sunday's confrontation, insisting they were victims of threatening trespassers who entered the gated community. But the husband and wife lawyers are now being probed by police and prosecutors for possible threats against the crowd. St. Louis prosecutor Kimberly Gardner said, I'm alarmed at the events that occurred over the weekend where peaceful protesters were met by guns. Uh, She said, we must protect the right to peacefully protest and any attempt to chill it through intimidation or threat of deadly force will not be tolerated. We have uh, several uh, deaths in the entertainment world. Carl Reiner. Oh. Yeah, I know. Died at the age of 98 last evening. He had a pretty good run. Yeah, that's a decent run. 
Reiner's assistant Judy Nagy says he died Monday night of natural causes at his home. He was 98. He was one of show business's best-liked men. Uh, he started in Sid Caesar's 1950s troupe, and uh, then, of course, uh, the Dick Van Dyke Show, which he created. He also played toupee-wearing Alan Brady on the Dick Van Dyke Show, and such films as The Russians Are Coming, The Russians Are Coming, and It's a Mad, Mad, Mad World. God, he was Recent- funny. Recent years, he was part of the roguish gang in the Ocean's Eleven movies that starred George Clooney. Uh, films he directed included Oh God, starring George Burns and John Denver, All of Me with Steve Martin and Lily Tomlin. Uh, he was especially proud of his books, including Enter Laughing, an autobiographical, uh, autobiographical, autobiographical novel later there adapted into a film Broadway <laughs> show. It took me a minute, but I got yeah. there. Yeah, you should uh, most remember Reiner, though, for the Dick Van Dyke Show, one of the most popular television series of all time, and a model of an ensemble play, physical comedy, and timeless, good-natured wit. He is, of course, the father of actor-director Rob Reiner. You missed, you missed one. Which the one? Jer- the Jerk. The Jerk, that's right. Wasn't that a wonderful, funny yep. movie, yep. which really still was. stands up? Yeah. really was. Anything Other- from this area right here, <laughs> below this shelf... <laughs> If you the, have not seen the, the uh, nut that's up in the hills shooting at yeah. Steve and he's hitting the oil, he yeah. really hates the oil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you've not seen the comedians in cars or whatever Jerry Seinfeld yes, show coffee, with, yeah. with him and Mel Brooks, it's wonderful. Yeah, uh, it both is. in their 90s and just sharp as, as can be. Uh, so check um, that out. And yeah. Mel just had a birthday, what, two days ago, right? Yep. Uh, did he? Yeah. yeah. I think he's 99, isn't he? Hey, he's up there. Yeah, he's, he's old. There. He and did Dick Van Dyke die? Uh, uh, he's I know still he's with still us. Alive. Still oh, uh, alive. cutting a rug, too. Yeah. 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 Uh, Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks uh, ate, well, what I call supper, every evening together. Really? For the past 10 years. Yep. Huh. They lived right next to each other, basically. Huh. So. Uh, Benny Mardonis, musician best known for his 1980 She's hit. She's just 16 years old. <laughs> that's, that's the one. Leave Thank her you, Benny. Alone, Shh, Kenny, shut say. up, Kenny. Shut up. <laughs> ben, I'm sorry. Benny died uh, after a 20-year battle with Parkinson's disease. He was 73 years old. Uh, Benny's big hit was the one Kenny was just singing there, Into the Night, 1980. Uh, but then it also became a top 20 hit in 1989. So it peaked twice in the top 20 on billboards. The, the ultimate Wooderson. You know what they say, we get older, they stay the same. Well, he says, now he says the song. Here's what he says. You're, Kenny saying the first line there, she's just 16 years old, leave her alone, they said, which always made it kind of creepy. Yeah. Uh, made, made people feel uncomfortable. But he says it was inspired by a platonic relationship with a teenage neighbor of uh, his whose father had left her. Huh. Okay. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, that's, that's, that's not helping. Uh, that's, no. Uh, that doesn't do a thing to lessen the creepy factor. Well, yeah, he says that first. It's a whole daddy deal there. Uh, <laughs> no, he says the first creepy line. <laughs> Came from. He wrote it with a guy named Robert Tepper. If you remember him, he had hits later. No, I don't. Rocky. You know what? This is way too much time spent on a no, nothing song. No, that, no, I want to hear this. But he told. He said the first line of the song came from when he introduced the girl, the teenage girl, to Robert Tepper, his co-writer. He basically was telling him to leave hands off her because she's too young. That's what John. That's, John. That's, 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 the that's world's creepy. on fire here. The world's on fire. We're worried about this. Song. Well, that's I'm, why. That's why we got to do some other stuff. I yeah. Mean, okay. Know, come on. Yeah. We, yeah. Don't. Don't you agree? 
We have well, one for, death, though. for real music, I'd be interested, but not that It's, it's a great song. That is <laughs> one of the finest <laughs> produced songs you will ever hear. Yeah, all right. Go give it a if, listen. If you don't like it, it's not legit. That's right, Kenny. That's right. <laughs> I love you, brother. It's my rule or no. <laughs> if I say that's a horse bleep song, that's what it is. You know, Joe, I'd go, no I'd, go with you on, I'd go with you on a lot of stuff, but yeah. I ain't going with you on music. Sorry. Yeah. Well, then you're wrong. That's all. I'm not arguing with you. I'm just explaining to you why you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Johnny Mandel, Oscar and Grammy winning songwriter of oh. many songs. He died? Uh, he was, he was, he did, he was 94. Yeah, uh, good you would, know, you would know him mostly from, uh, he wrote the theme for MASH, which is a oh, very, I, 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 yep. a depressing song. Suicide very is Painless. Su- that's it. Yeah, very yep. fun song to play on guitar. Uh, he also wrote... Uh, one of my favorite songs ever, "The Shadow of Your Smile." I don't remember that one, but okay. Oh, just, uh, didn't I? Isn't, isn't that a Frank Sinatra song? Sinatra the did it. Shadow Everybody's of your smile. Kenny, what are you Kenny? on? Some kind that of drug? Wonderful. <laughs> that was good. I, Kenny, I enjoyed that immensely. Uh, Mandel was considered one of the finest arrangers also. He arranged for Sinatra, Peggy Lee, Barbara Streisand, Michael Jackson, Tony uh-huh. Bennett, Natalie Cole, Hoagie Carmichael. He scored 30 different movies. Uh, he has uh, died now. He was 94 years old. Hello? I have some good news here. I have some good news here. Yeah. A new study finds low to moderate drinking may improve cognitive function for middle-aged or older adults. Ah, moderate, Joe. Moderate. Moderate's the key there, I'm <laughs> yeah, afraid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Define moderate. moderate. <laughs> well, here you go. Low to moderate drinking if defined as less than, <laughs> less than eight drinks per week for women and less than 15 drinks per week for men. Oh, that's discrimination. The findings support prior research, which found that generally one standard drink a day for women and two a day for men appears to offer some cogni- uh, cognitive benefits. A standard alcoholic drink in the U.S. is defined as 14 How big a grams. <laughs> I was just kidding to that. 14 grams or milliliters of alcohol. How about that like a super a America big fountain size cup? Huh? Yeah. How about one of them? I don't, uh, I don't, I don't think it works there. Sorry. Okay. Uh, this, uh, unfortunately, uh, I don't know if you saw the study last week. The one that was released said no amount of liquor, right. wine, or beer right. is safe right. for your overall health. So, right. Yeah. You, know, you can't really out. win, can you, John? You can't. You know. Take There's only one way I know you can win. There's only one How's way. That? How's that? You got to call Aquaside, and you'll win because you'll have a weed-free swimming beach for the kids. If you have a lake home or a pond or the old swimming hole on your property, you got to call Aquaside. They've been helping people maintain Great Lake Shores since 1956 with a complete line of lake and pond control products that will take care of everything from weeds to algae. Aquaside products are easy to use. They work quickly. They're registered with both the EPA and DNR, and they're completely safe for you and your family and the fish. So there's no need to let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer. We're heading into about a 15-day stretch here of prime swimming uh, weather. Call Aquaside. They'll identify your weed problem and make sure your place looks great all summer long. White Bear Lake Company, by the way. White Bear Lake back to full brimming health and a lot of Aquaside Weed-free beaches on White Bear. Call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com, John. That's all you have to do, John. Okay. Go to Aquaside.com. I got uh, a couple stories here, loose-leaf binder stories that involve drinking. Uh, Two women 
arrested on suspicion of drunk driving after a serious crash with one, quote, finishing off a glass of wine as police stood by the car. <laughs> I can, I've never done that. No. Officers called to the collision. Uh, they've both been charged. Uh, they were in a white Mercedes. Uh, they careened into a blue parked Ford Focus. Both vehicles sustaining significant damage. Uh, the women both charged age 33 and 35. And I have the quote from that woman. Dunga Dubal. <laughs> in Alaska. That's your address. <laughs> in Alaska, an Eagle River man stole a fire truck from the King Salmon Fire Station on Saturday night, drove 15 miles with lights flashing to a bar where oh, he right. was arrested, according to police. 22-year-old Dawson Porter used a piece of lumber to break a window of the fire station, made his way inside the building around 9 p.m. Uh, once inside, he started up a fire truck and drove it through the station's closed bay doors. <laughs> Police Chief John Ryshek said no one was in the building when Porter broke in. He switched on the fire truck's emergency overhead lights and speeded west toward Naknek, 15 miles down the Alaska Peninsula Highway. The chief estimates Porter was driving the fire truck for less than a half hour before he parked in front of the Fisherman's Bar. Two Bristol Bay officers made contact with him before he got out of the fire truck and he was arrested outside the bar. Uh, it's unclear why Porter stole the fire truck and headed there. The investigation is ongoing. $10,000 worth of damage to the fire truck. The fire truck is valued at about 100 Well, he was asked why he stole the fire truck, John. Yeah. And he said... The uh -huh. following right here. <laughs> Jerry did. Oh, my God. This community. Come on, wow. Was that English? <laughs> wow. <laughs> she got a great laugh. Wow. Yeah. Well, she was walking down a street in the middle of winter barefoot. Oh, boy. That's hammered. Well. Yeah. Yep. Never done that. Yeah. A bison gored a 72-year-old woman in Yellowstone National Park after she, quote, approached within 10 feet of the animal Trying multiple to times to take its picture. Yeah, yeah, yep. That according to the National Park Service. The press release said the incident occurred last Thursday night at the campsite at Bridge Bay Campground. The woman transported to Eastern Idaho Regional Medical Center via helicopter after rangers provided immediate care on site for multiple gore wounds. Uh, according to biologist Chris Garima, the series of events that led to the goring suggests the bison was threatened by being repeatedly approached. Bison are wild animals that respond to threats by displaying aggressive behaviors like pawing the ground, snorting, bobbing their head, bellowing, and raising their tail. If that doesn't make the threat move away, a bison probably charges you. So. Well, John, uh, humans have lost sight of their relationship with nature, and you, she's 72 and didn't know better. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. Mm. Yeah. How about Customers one? Customers at... Sure. Let me, let me find a good one. Well, this is the best one I got. <laughs> <been> Customers, at the, <laughs> Customers at the Canadian Tire Store in Lindsay, Ontario, left empty-handed yesterday morning. Kawartha 411 News has learned that every item scanned at the tire store came up as a Mr. Potato Head, and it couldn't be changed. No sales were being made. Customers were forced to leave empty-handed, according to witnesses. Uh, Kathy Gurzbach, communications director for Canadian Tire, said, quote, This was an anomaly that occurred this morning only at our Lindsay and Whitby stores. A point-of-sale downloading error caused item names to appear incorrectly, 
However, item prices and item numbers were registered correctly. It's since been corrected. The stores are operating normally. Five stores affected, according to the glitch. So this was a kid that just wanted to have some fun on his last day <laughs> at the job? Apparently, yeah. yeah. Mr. Potato Head. Yeah. <laughs> John, thank you. You're going to hang well, around with us, or you got to split? I, I'm, not, I'm not today. Sorry. All right. But he'll we'll be, be with us tomorrow. tomorrow yeah. Tomorrow. Oh, yes, wonderful. Wonderful. Tomorrow. All right. Thank you. See and you uh, when mm-hmm. we return... Uh, you're going to have uh, receive your third homework assignment of the day. Stay forever young. This guy wears many hats. Just not in here. Who dis? This is uh, our friends Dawson Hollow. Yeah, from the fair. The State Fair. Euphoria is the name of this song. Very yep. fitting Such. today. I could swear I've seen a long time ago that a sticker that says GL stands for good luck. Is that true? I'm unaware of a sticker that said that, but GL uh, stands for garage logic. That's what I always thought. I yeah. could swear I saw one that said it stands for good luck. Anyway, DK Mags, they also stand for good luck, but they give us a much needed advantage with that luck. DKMags.com. On Old Aid, up in New Brighton, and Monticello, Pond and Gun, they offer everything we need in an age where law and order and common sense is being routed by ignorance, socialism, power-hungry imbeciles, and adult children bent on destruction of the American dream. Boom! Right there. Uh, the GLers, you guys are keeping DK Mags very, very busy right now. And thank goodness we have them on our side. They offer us solid facts, competitive prices on everything firearms related. But obviously now with the run on Second Amendment items, even with plenty of inventory on hand, some purchases have to be limited so we all get some. And I know some of us GLers are the private and quiet types. I want you GLers to come out of your shell, mention to the staff that you're a GLer because that gets duly noted and allows this relationship to continue. Because the GLers at DKMags.com and Monticello Pond and Gun, they're here to help all of us, and they want to acknowledge the partnership with a little bit of a wink and a nod, if you know what I'm saying. As always, you get another 5% off if you're in law enforcement or the military or a veteran or a first responder. DKMags.com in New Brighton or Monticello Pawn and Gun. A couple of wonderful, wonderful shops for GLers, run by GLers, and let me just say to you, good luck. You've been given two homework assignments, GLers. The first assignment, we're broadcasting today from the University of Garage Logic. Your first homework assignment was to weigh in uh, on the comment section of the Minneapolis City Charter Commission about your thoughts of the uh, disbanding of the Minneapolis Police Department. And I have a very quick update. This hasn't even been posted to the GL Facebook page for an mm-hmm. hour, 51 mm-hmm. minutes, and it already has 1,200 clicks. Good. Thank you, GLers. <laughs> Your second homework assignment is to go and read the the lead story on today's NPR website, which is a very uh, good piece of reporting on just how that third precinct was allowed to be destroyed. And here's your third homework assignment. I want you to write this name down. Michael Schellenberger. S-H-E-L-L-E-N-B-E-R-G-E-R. Michael Schellenberger. 
is an American author, environmental policy writer, co-founder of Breakthrough Institute, and founder of Environmental Progress. He was named a Time Magazine Heroes of the Environment in 2008, winner of the 2008 Green Book Award, co-editor of Love Your Monsters, and co-author of Breakthrough and the Death of Environmentalism. He and his co-author Ted Nordhaus have been described as ecological modernists and eco-pragmatists. In 2015, Schellenberger joined with 18 other self-described eco-modernists to co-author an eco-modernist manifesto. On November 30, 2017, he announced a New York Times con- in a during a New York Times conference that he would run for governor of California. I don't think he did. Schellenberger is the author of a couple Apocalypse Never: Why Environmental Alarmist alarmism hurts us all so i read you that because i wanted you to be uh, confident that uh if he was uh, if the green movement was the united states army this guy would have the purple heart the cross of valor he'd have more scrambled eggs on his sleeves he was he's right there he's right there with the greens okay there's a great piece today uh that's called uh, I Apologize for the Climate Scare by Michael Schellenberger. On behalf of environmentalists, I apologize. It's uh, published on the site environmentalprogress.org. I, uh, your homework assignment is to read it. It's just, it's, just, it's just a ray of hope. On behalf of environmentalists everywhere, I would like to formally apologize for the climate scare we created over the last 30 years. Climate change is happening. It's just not the end of the world. It's not even our most serious environmental problem. I may seem like a strange person to be saying all of this. I have been a climate activist for 20 years and an environmentalist for 30. But as an energy expert asked by Congress to provide objective expert testimony, invited by the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change to serve as expert reviewer of its next assessment report, I feel an obligation to apologize for how badly we environmentalists have misled the public. Isn't this incredible? Here are some facts people know. Humans are not causing a sixth mass extinction. The Amazon is not the lungs of the world. Climate change is not making natural disasters worse. Fires have declined 25% around the world since 2003. The amount of land we use for meat, humankind's biggest use of land, has declined by an area nearly as large as Alaska. The buildup of wood fuel and more houses near forests, not climate change, explain why there are more and more dangerous fires in Australia and California. Carbon emissions are declining in most rich nations and have been declining in Britain, Germany, and France since about the mid-1970s. Netherlands became rich, not poor, while adapting to life below sea level. We produce 25% more food than we need, and food surpluses will continue to rise as the world gets hotter. Habitat loss and the direct killing of wild animals are bigger threats to species than climate change. Wood fuel is far worse for people and wildlife than fossil fuels. Preventing future pandemics requires more, not less, industrial culture. Uh, It just goes on and on and on and on and on. Uh, And it's so long, that's why it's a homework assignment. Uh, You have to read it. Uh, He writes, I know that these facts will sound like climate denialism to many people, but that just shows the power of climate alarmism. 
In reality, the above facts come from the best available scientific studies, including those conducted by or accepted by the International Panel on Climate Change, the Food and Agricultural Organization of the UN, and the International Union for the Conservation of Nature. Some people will, when they read this, imagine that I'm saying right-wing anti-environmentalist. I'm not. At 17, I lived in Nicaragua to show solidarity with a Sandinista ter- a socialist revolution. At 23, I raised money for Guatemalan women's cooperatives. In my early 20s, I lived in the semi-Amazon doing research with small farmers fighting land invasions. At 26, I helped expose poor conditions at Nike factories in Asia. And then he goes on to say, but until last year, I mostly avoided speaking out against the climate scare, partly because I'm embarrassed. After all, I'm as guilty of alarmism as any other environmentalist. For years, I referred to climate change as an existential threat to human civilization and called it a crisis. But mostly I was scared. I remained quiet about the climate disinformation campaign because I was afraid of losing funds and friends. The few times I summoned the courage to defend the climate science from those who misrepresented, I suffered harsh consequences. And so I mostly stood by and did nothing as my fellow environmentalists terrified the republic. I even stood by as people in the White House and many in the news media tried to destroy the reputation and career of an outstanding scientist, good man, and friend of mine, Roger Pielke Jr., a lifelong progressive Democrat environmentalist who testified in favor of carbon regulation carbon regulations. What did they, why did they do that? Because his research proved natural disasters are not getting worse. But then last year, I can't stop myself from reading it, but I promise you I won't read the whole thing. It's your, it's your, it's your homework assignment, but it's just so, it's just so reassuring. But then last year, things spiraled out of control. Alexandria Occasional Cortex said the world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. Britain's most high-profile environmental group claimed climate change kills children. The world's most influential green journalist, Bill McKibben, called climate change the greatest challenge humans have ever faced and said it would wipe out civilizations. Mainstream journalists reported repeatedly that the Amazon was the lungs of the world and that deforestation was like a nuclear bomb going off. As a result, half the people surveyed around the world last year said they thought climate change would make humanity extinct. And in January, one out of five British children told pollsters they were having nightmares. Uh, Whether you have children or not, you must see how wrong this is. I admit I may be sensitive because I have a teenage daughter. After we talked about the science, she was reassured. uh, And then he said, I decided to speak out. And so my formal apology for my fear-mongering comes in the form of my new book, Apocalypse Never, Why Environmental Alarmism Hurts Us All. It took him two decades of research and three decades of environmental activism. This fellow is uh, single-handedly... throwing it back at these fools who have been using it as a political force. It has nothing to do with the environment. They are going to run him out of town. Kenny, you took the words out of my mouth. Wow. (laughs) This is ballsy. Some highlights from that book. Factories and modern farming are the keys to human liberation. Are the keys to human liberation and environmental progress. The most important thing for saving the environment is producing more food, particularly meat, on less land. The most important thing for reducing air pollution, carbon emissions, is moving from wood to coal to petroleum to natural gas to uranium. Uh, We should want cities, farms, and power plants to have higher, 
not lower, power densities. Vegetarianism reduces one's emissions by less than 4%. Greenpeace didn't save the whales, switching from whale oil to petroleum, and palm oil did. Free-range beef would require 20 times more land and produce 300% more emissions. Greenpeace dogmatism worsened forest fragmentation of the Amazon. The colonialist approach to guerrilla conservation in the Congo produced a backlash that may have resulted in the killing of 250 elephants. Uh, And then he says, why are we so all misled? Okay, I'm going to stop. you got to read it yourself. Take take a breath. I'm going to take a breath. One, two, three, four, five, six, about a dozen bullet points. Each one of those bullet points we could talk on for about 20 minutes. Everyone. Those are very, very important bullet points. But I want you to know, GLers, that, see, one of my greatest secret pleasures in life is when what I have been saying, uh, basically from an uneducated viewpoint on a particular topic, but just my natural thinking about it, I get a great thrill out of seeing what I think corroborated by experts. And this well, guy, this guy's an expert, and I wanted you to know his background. So you did. He says you probably think I'm some right wing nut. Far from it. He gives you his background. What a what a guy I'm going to keep track of. Michael Schellenberger. Uh, 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 I don't can, mind when you beat when you beat yourself up. I rather enjoy it. But I think you're wrong about calling yourself uneducated on this because, in fact, you have uh, taken uh, the extra steps to educate yourself. Well, 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 by reading. But this guy is schooled in this. Is what I meant. But I mean, sure, he, sure, he devoted sure. his life to environmental activism, and he has he has come to his senses. But can he hit the nail on the head here, though? While he's right, and he's you know trying to show this to everyone. Who's going to change their opinion on this stance? They're just going to dismiss this guy. Yeah, well, these poor kids in schools uh, uh, that are being uh, hectored daily about climate change, will they will they be exposed to this piece? If they the have te- the right kind of parents, they will. Or the right kind of teacher. But the, the problem is, Chris, the... The kids come home from school, and they do have the right kind of parents, and those parents try to educate them kids, but yep. the kids have already been indoctrinated. My 8-year-old uh, brought a book home. Oh, this was, well, he was still in school, so months ago. And it had a little, sec- nothing nothing big, but there was just a casual mention about the horrific storms, yada, yada, yada. And I went, that's a bunch of crap as I'm halfway through the story. And then he asked me why, and I said, you know, because he's a little bit nervous about weather just in general. And so I had to have the little chat with him about how we're going to be just fine, buddy. The earth's not going to kill oh, us. I'm reading forward uh, past where you let off, Joe, and I've already learned a new word, Malthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Malthusiasm. Yeah. yeah, do you know that, uh, the meaning? The view I don't, that without I, more... The view I haven't that looked it up. Yeah, I had to. Uh, yeah. The view that without moral restraint, the population will increase at a greater rate than its means of substance. And he's denying that, isn't he? Uh, let or me what's the sentence where he used the word? The, the ide- ideology behind environmental enthusiasm, malthusiasm, <laughs> has yeah. been repeatedly debunked for 200 years and yet is more powerful than ever. Right. Okay, your homework assignment is you go to the website called Environmental Progress, and the piece I, I want you to read for your own enjoyment, uh, it's, called, it's called On Behalf of Environmentalists, I Apologize for the Climate Scare by Michael Schellenberger. I think that uh, we'll all learn wonderful things. Wonderful, wonderful have, things. We should have him on. I have 
Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, you, yeah, we should. Well, then do it. Book them, Dano. I'm, I'm on it, bro. I have three windows open here. The Precinct is on Fire by MPR. Um, the other one, this one, and what was the other homework assignment? That to are to weigh in with the Minneapolis Charter Commission on the disbanding of the police department. Yeah. Yeah. And then I have something open called, what is the Berna HD? Yeah. Well, that's from, uh, that's from our friend, uh, Sherry, uh, who had trouble with her grill in her, uh, in her RV. Oh, right. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's she said, I had, I, I, she says, greetings from the RV in aisle. I've had cause to visit the cities over the past two weekends. And, of course, I made a Grundhofer's run each time I was there, hoping to score meatloaf. Uh, glad I wasn't holding out hope since it was Father's Day, after all. And I heard you talking about the 400 pounds of meatloaf Spencer was making on a weekly basis. No such luck on the meatloaf, but I picked up some cheddar brats and a few hunks of sweet and heat jerky. I gave the jerky to my dad. I had to fight my mom over it, but I think things uh, came uh, came out all right. And then I got a note from uh, uh, Dave uh, Chapin down in Nebraska. Uh, for years, you have been telling us to skip driving to see the ter- leaves turn color because it will come to us. We have taken the same approach to the Sahara Desert, and it has worked. For the last two days, we have had a haze in the sky due to the Sahara sand. Thank you for teaching us this valuable lesson. <laughs> we have friends from Nebraska going to Duluth this weekend because we lived in Minnesota before moving to the Good Life State. We recommended them some things to do and see on their trip, included on the list, of course, Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. Perhaps on the way home, they will consider all of our excellent advice and pick up a little thank you gift for us. I've been asked why somebody from Nebraska, a place that is known for its beef, go to Minnesota to shop for their meat because Grunhofer's tastes better than anything uh, that we have been able to find here. So there's your Grunhofer's people. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. It's uh, become the go-to palace of palace of beef, brats, bacon, ham, you name it. It's all there. Uh, That's got to be a beautiful drive, by the way. Yeah. I want to look that up. Hugo to Duluth? Yeah. Because wouldn't you just take, what do you take, Kenny? 61 up to uh, I-35. I it's 61 all the way. Or you go 35. Home. I'll ask it on the freeway. Okay. Boys, your mayor has to go get a drink of water. Oh, you want to take a little time out, Brash? Sure. Okay. Did you ever think common sense would be this much fun? Joe Suchere. What is the what is the phrase that you and Royce use when you've got a deadline approaching and all of a sudden the idea pops into your head and you knock out a column in 20 minutes God provides or something God like that God is good God is good he uh, provided me just in time GL or Chris Miller he's the owner of Aim High Construction based here in the Twin Cities they're going to get you a roof or any other thing you might need at your home or office and uh, the reason I say he's good and he provides is because we just yesterday gave Chris the go-ahead to redo our kitchen, a deck, and a retaining wall slash sidewalk next to our house. We're very, very excited to see Chris and his project manager, Keith, and crew get started on giving our house a brand new look and curb appeal so we can put it on MLS and get the bleep out of this town. The website, uh, it's a long one, but you'll remember it, aimhighconstructionmn.com. They're going to help you with design consultation if you're thinking about a kitchen or bath or that basement uh, they provided great ideas for us affordable yet functional a uh, functional fun 
functionable, functional. I functional. That, I, I need to take that word out and never use that word again. And uh, most importantly, fabulous looking. Don't go thinking that that roof job that you have might not interest them. Oh, it doesn't matter what it is, if it's weather-related or if it's reached the end of its life cycle. Aim High Construction, they're going to be there and gone before you even know it. Roofing, siding, decks, windows, the list goes on and on and on. Even light commercial, you name it, they can do it. And they do it with pride, skill, and an eye for detail. The website, aimhighconstructionmn.com. aimhighconstructionmn.com. And.com. They're GLers and uh, they're great guys, and I'm really looking forward to working with them. From today's Pioneer Press, Black Leader Slams Decision on School Police Officers. The president of the African American Leadership Council told St. Paul School Board members who voted to remove school resource officers from the schools they will have blood on their hands if a child or teacher is hurt or killed. Tyrone Terrell, who wrote a Sunday night email to board members in partnership with the St. Paul Black Interdenominational Ministerial Alliance, said the board was acting on emotions, not facts. Let me pause right there. Uh, Tyrone is right. We were saying earlier in the show, what these inexperienced people are incapable of handling are facts. They've never really dealt with them. They're products of a failed academy to one extent or the other. The facts are that school principals want the resource officers, the teachers want the resource officers, and the students want the resource officers. 96% of, of juniors surveyed last year. Those are the facts. Yep. So what good is the school board doing? What good are they? They're denying those facts merely to pander, merely to be seen in some virtuous light. Merely to insist that, oh, it could be traumatizing for the children to see a cop. Not according to the kids. No, they want them in there. The school board voted 5-1 last Tuesday to no longer pay the city of St. Paul to post police officers in seven schools and instead to develop a safety plan. Uh, St. Paul school board members previously debated whether officers belong in the schools, and the May 25th death of George Floyd sparked the discussion again. Uh, Once again... St. Paul Public Schools has made it clear that you do not care about black families as it is our black children who are failing in all of your schools, Terrell wrote in the email. If you were as dedicated to get rid of your poor-performing superintendents, principals, and teachers who year after year failed to educate our black children as you were getting rid of the school resource officers in our schools, our black children might have a chance to at least get a marginal education. Terrell said he had not received a response as of early Monday evening. He also sent the email to the super, Joe Gothard. Uh, District spokesman Kevin Burns said Gothard did not have a comment. So since the board's vote last week, the district has already started work on a safety plan, and it's due to be presented at the August meeting. Uh, A bunch of B. They're going to need those cops on the first day of school. Yep. Boy, it's almost like he has been listening to this show for the past five years. I think Tyrone Terrell, I think he held a city position. I think he was a human rights commissioner. Oh, really? Okay. I think so. Uh, uh, They haven't noticed the spike in violence here in Minneapolis, have they? (laughs) About 80% of the people shot in St. Paul this year have been black, which Terrell said prompted him to write his email. There is a 75% chance that the student will be hurt or killed in a St. Paul public school or, or event 
will be a black student. So as I said earlier in this email, the blood will be on your hands. Terrell said Monday he prays it doesn't happen, but he added there's guns in the parking lots, there's guns in the schools, and there's guns that are one call away. A deterrent was always one or two squads parked out there, and now you have removed that. Okay, good luck to you, St. Paul Public Schools. Really good luck to you. Uh, it's, it's thinking that does not take into account facts. Kind of a new wrinkle in the way we can understand these uh, people that we have let take over our institutions. Uh, media, film, music, uh, government, and what city pe- councils, and, mayors. And did these people realize, we were, we were talking about this before coronavirus took over the world, St. Paul was on a, they were going to shatter their record for the number of shootings mm-hmm. in a calendar year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, man, I'm r- looking to see how I can contact uh, Schellenberger. Uh, you can get him on Facebook, Chris, and I, I'm not on Facebook. I, I know. I also, already, huh? I already sent him a message on Facebook. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what did it say? <laughs> uh, what did know, it say? You're a technical marvel. Was it a marvel? Well, usually when these usually these high-profile guys have an email address that they provide. Sure, Maybe he does. Sure. I'm not seeing that. But I know that when uh, when someone has you know a book, they're they're doing a lot of campaigning or or. or um publicity on social media so i thought maybe he'd be checking that frequently did you invite him on as a guest no i asked him what he was having for lunch okay <laughs> <laughs> and he said ham and cheese sandwich uh, yeah. Sushi boy. <laughs> yes i did joe rich writes joe i love you seriously i do if you can't see that keith ellison has set up the acquittal of the police involved in the george uh, Floyd death, you're too much of an old school journalist. Way too much ex- to explain in an email, email, but this is all a lie. All of it. People label me a conspiracy what? theorist until them. I become a conspiracy realist. Well, wait a minute. It, explain this well, to me. Let me, let me try because, Kenny, remember the email we got from Kelsey a couple of weeks ago when Ellison upped the charges on Chauvin? Yep. And and Kelsey, and I, it never would have entered. And I'm I'm can I can guy. I can I take over for you? Yeah, why don't you? Yeah. Third, third degree would have been a slam dunk. Second degree is more difficult. If they raise it to first degree, uh, chances of acquittal increase proportionately. It's the it's the feel. And I said at the time, I can't get there. I can't get there to believe Keith Ellison is manipulating these charges in order to hope for an acquittal. But if if that was the case, the reason would be that Ellison is deeply involved in in the in the whole anti-Trump movement, and would 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 see that this could bring Trump's downfall because the uh, the world would start on fire again if this uh, Chauvin gets acquitted. This will burn the city down. Right again. Right. No, I mean it'll be way 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 worse. And that's why I'm not there yet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to retain enough faith, which may be naive of me, but I'm retaining enough faith in Ellison that he, that he would seek and do everything possible to get a conviction. But didn't we read, because uh, I was reading from Paul Bloom's Twitter account yesterday who was covering the initial hearings, and I didn't think that there was going to be, uh, it, was it, wasn't it not going to happen until March? March is the trial yeah. date starts. But the, right. the election's in November. 
right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, then, then I just help squash the conspiracy. Okay. Yeah. I'm just trying to get the timeline accurate, I guess. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. If your belief that Ellison is manipulating it to upend the election, yeah, dumb me. No, the election will have come and gone by then. But do I, we need to oh, get a? Go, go ahead, Chris. I was just going to say the only thing I, I don't doubt for one second that Keith Ellison is interested in chaos. I don't know what good it serves him. Who's that attorney in town that we love that you're so afraid of? Freeman? Should we get oh, Mike Cerisi? Mike Cerisi? Oh, Cerisi. We need somebody on the line to explain to us what the hell is Well, Cerisi's is. not a criminal attorney, but we could get Earl Gray. He, he'll talk to me. I've known Earl give, for years. Yeah. Give Mr. Gray a call. I will. Let, let's talk about this. This is worth uh, discussing. Let me write it down here. Earl. Did you Earl send, the Pearl. Did you send it As yet? you write something down, Joe, I have to tell you, I have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. I have 16 post-it notes surrounding me. You're turning into suits. I have two and I've turned into suits. <laughs> well, a lot of homework assignments today. Whoops, here's another one, 17. <laughs> I want to I read an email from Jay uh, Whitoff because uh, I just enjoy the hell out of it and I have no reason to believe that he's not... Not done his homework. <laughs> this, this is charming. Uh, I don't know if he intended it to be charming, but it's 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 very charming. Joe, I'm not going to pretend to be on the level of Brother Bussy. That's my guy. Remember Brother Leonard, who I wish was still alive because yep. he was a Civil War expert. I won't pretend to be on the level of Brother Bussy, but I'm fascinated by history, particularly the Civil War. And I thought that some of the recent national dialogue about Ulysses S. Grant and slavery was lacking nuance. I'll keep it brief. I just got to paint a quick picture for context. Grant married into a slave-holding family, which greatly angered Grant's own father, who was decidedly not sympathetic to the idea of slavery. After resigning from the army, Grant had a very hard time making a go of things and had been reduced to selling cartloads of firewood from the property his father-in-law, Colonel Dent, had given to Grant and his daughter as a way of making a living. Grant was selling the firewood at the nearby army post. A lot of the soldiers there were his former contemporaries and friends. It was the same for him, Joe, as if you needed to sell firewood firewood at the front door of the Pioneer Press to put food on the table for the kids you used to have. Not a good spot to be in. Grant had been a captain before resigning, which in the tiny army of the time was a fairly exalted position. So he's in seriously humble circumstances here. So Grant's failing left and right, not making a go of it at the farm. His own father won't hire him to work at the Grant family leather store. And finally, old Colonel Dent stepped in and got Grant a job as a rent collector. Right about then, Colonel Dent moved from his plantation to St. Louis and left behind a slave named William Jones to work his daughter's farm while Grant's out collecting money from people. There aren't tweets or diaries or blogs to document the motivations, but it's fairly apparent that the idea was for the Grant family to have help getting food. Well, cap the story off from Ronald C. White's American Ulysses. Just as he began his new position, Grant decided to emancipate his slave, William Jones, a 35-year-old man whom Colonel Dent had left on the property when he moved to St. Louis. Grant appeared in court in late March 815. 1859 to sign a manumission document, I do hereby manumit, emancipate, and set free said William from slavery forever. 
Grant could have received at least $1,000 for this slave if he tried to sell him. At this point, he surely could have used the money. He never spoke about his motivation, but he signed the paper setting Jones free. It might immediately read as a morality tale, but it's still jarring. We're talking about slavery here and money that could be obtained for an adult man's life. Today, all Ulysses would or should receive for this action is a sarcastic golf clap and a way to be a human being, pal. But the past is a foreign country. Lives have to be examined in context. And the context here is that in a world which accepted money in trade for ownership of a human life, Grant chose not to participate at a time when doing so guaranteed real hardship directly to his own family. He didn't just retweet vacant and easy opinions, old Ulysses. He lived it and kept the reasons to himself. I think the point I reached, Joe, is that if we're going to really learn anything, really going to have actual discussions about where we come from and where we want to go, it's going to take more effort than throwing tantrums. That's a really, really good look at a solid man named Ulysses S. Grant. Penniless. And he could have got a grand for William Jones and said, you're free, man. See ya. American Ulysses. That's going on my uh, list. I got to mm-hmm. read that. Yeah, that was a great letter. Yeah, it, it's and and the shame of it is uh, the young people don't know any of this. They're not taught any of this. They won't read any of this. They're a great big spoiled group of entitled yep. children, and that's well, the problem. It's, It's the same thing with that discussion I had with you yesterday off the air regarding John Wayne and how Mm -hmm. they're canceling him and the airport out in uh, California. Um, Nobody has bothered to read that uh, 1971 Playboy uh, interview with him. Nobody at all. Uh, I started that. Nobody's bothered to study the history of John Wayne and how he transformed through the years and when he opened his own production uh, company and, and what he did with Bat Jack Productions. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's just funny. It, it's really, no, it's not funny. It's really, it's really sad. It's not it's funny. Sad. I started reading it at your recommendation, but then I got backtracked by my three homework assignments, and I had to do my I had to do my due diligence on who Michael Schellenberger was uh, for the third homework assignment to read about yeah. the apology. It's it's a long long interview, and they talk a, a lot about the politics and current events of the day, you know, of the fifties and sixties and early seventies. So it, it's some of it's tough to push through, but it, it's a really fascinating look at the man. Mm-hmm. Um. Point of clarification, the homework assignment was for the listener, right? No, no. That's, <laughs> that's for you. That's for you. Oh, okay. Okay. Just that's for ask. you. You got to send in your comment. You got to you gotta read the uh, NPR lead story, and you have to read the uh, apology by Michael Schellenberger. Oh, I'm going to put in a comment. I'm just going to use Fratelloni's address. Uh, that's what I'm going to do. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm not sure he's going to be appreciative of that. Oh, no, I think he will. Well, maybe I'll use the store on Lake Street, the one that got basically, you know, (laughs) run over during the protests. Say, uh, you want to get outside? Boy, do I ever. Call me now. I had I had two dark. different I had two different thoughts going through my head about EcoFun <laughs> Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake on Highway 61. Uh, that's where you're going to get a Bentelli e-bike, the electric assist bike, and and Tim uh, Bloom is still giving uh, preseason sale prices to GLers. That's got to end soon, man, because June's over. 
it's over. Man. But there's still months and months left of bicycle riding and scooter riding and ATV riding and Yamaha motorcycle riding. All of these great products available at EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61, because we own 61, uh, right in downtown Forest Lake. Uh, these scooters I'm talking about are the smaller scooters that I love for uh, my nimble driving through town. You get about 75 miles to the gallon. They turn every errand into an adventure. They're really, really fun. And if you figure out your routes to certain places, they're probably pretty safe, too. Just as safe as a, a bicycle, because on those Bintelli e-bikes, you can get going pretty good. You got five different levels of electric assist and different styles and different tire sizes. Just really, really neat stuff and great kids recreational stuff too. At EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. Here, here. I have a correction, and it's uh, this is good news. Um, I love it when you post Chris on Facebook and Twitter while we're still doing the show because. A, uh, a listener on Twitter alerted us to the uh, Minnesota Public Safety or the Minneapolis Public Safety Transformation thing yep. and this charter that we want to s- sign. Uh, the only thing they need from us is first name, last name, and comment. Your email address and all that, uh, and and your your address and phone number. You don't have to put that. Oh, it's in. optional. But, oh, okay, right. cool. All, all they need is your first and last name and your comment. Very cool. Yeah, and if you want GLers, I posted, like Kenny said, on Twitter and on the GL Facebook page if you would like to uh, leave a comment. And like I said, the the Facebook page alone had about 1,500 views, uh, and that was about 15 minutes ago. Can I, I have to ask you a question about this Facebook page. Oh, boy. Can I access the GarageLogic Facebook page? You cannot because you don't have a Facebook I don't have a Facebook account, account but yeah. I'll bet the CP does. Uh, oh boy, she's on that Snapchat or whatever it's called. Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Insta Snap. Boy, yeah. you better hope she's not on Snapchat. Uh, I guarantee you, one of your, uh, one of the kids you used to have can hook you up if, if need be. Sometimes I use my bride's account, but she has to sign me in because I have, I, I, I can't. Yeah, it's, it's pretty easy. So <laughs> yeah, I don't, uh, I don't have any of that. You stuff. don't do that. Yeah. No. Well, you got a Twitter. You know, I do. I do, I do have the Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Isn't today national, uh, it's National Social Media Day something, what? something, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I, didn't I know think that. I heard that mentioned today, yeah. Well, happy Social Media Day. I'm thinking about taking July off. I might not tweet in <laughs> July. Hello? I'm looking at a Triumph car for sale. Where's the party? <laughs> I guess we're done here. We're I done. Think gonna, I think that's <laughs> My job here is done. Uh, okay. You have your homework assignment, Gumption County residents. All There'll be a them. test. There's going to be a quiz. <laughs> I'm looking for a Triumph. <laughs> There's going to be a quiz. Uh, How about another one? Download the PodMN app. It's the only podcast app made for Minnesota. You can find past episodes of Garage Logic and maybe some others about sports, news, comedy, true crime, and so much more. And there's also a chance to win rewards each and every time that you listen. Download the app today in the Apple or Google Play stores. PodMN, listen local. We'll uh, catch you tomorrow with those quizzes on the Garage Logic podcast. <laughs> <laughs>